Good morning. This is Richard Chang with the Sativa segment, episode 10. Um, before we get started, I'd like to point out two things. One, this episode, as usual, is fueled by Dads of Peace. It's a men's resource center that's based here in Dallas, Texas. If you want to learn more about it, you can look it up on Facebook, Dads at Peace. Secondarily, this is a gift I received today. This is from Texas Cannabis TV, and we'll get more into it a little bit later on. We have a guest here that's from Texas Cannabis TV. But um, Cannabis TV, uh, Texas Cannabis TV, you can find them on Instagram. Today, we have two guests. Uh, one is a physician, and the other one is, how can I put him? He is, um, he is like the Kevin Bacon of cannabis. <laughs> Everybody is to the sixth degree of Dalton O'Neill in Dallas in cannabis. So welcome, Dr. Rozier. Thank you. And Dalton O'Neill. Thanks for that glowing welcome. You're happy to finally make this a TV segment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks for the uh, the gift. I, oh, yeah. I, I, like, I like it a lot. You could do... Uh, it's any, magnetic. Any type of herb yeah. you could do. You could do um, some Himalayan sea salt. Break it up yourself in there. <laughs> All the I mean, I'll, I'll have to do. I'll have to try to give that a try when I get yeah. home. <laughs> All the seasoning. Some federally legal hemp flour. Now I get to prepare my sea salt bath tonight. There with we this go. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> I'll get some uh, bath bombs sent to you. You know. Thanks. Thank you. Well, hey, thanks for making it out, <laughs> you guys. Um, Doctor Rozier, you go by Antonio. Yes. yes, um, yes. As I heard you introduce yourself earlier in Dalton. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourselves. Why don't, don't why don't you go first? Because I, I know you a little bit better. Um, I've known you longer and I know your story, but I want to know other things I don't know about you. Um, tell me all the stuff that you're into these days and a little bit about, about your background. Well, uh, that's a loaded question. I'll try to keep myself to a minute. Somebody like tapped me on the shoulder here. Uh, you know, I never thought I'd be entrepreneurial. Uh, it kind of scared me. Hey, this is that, but it, as I've gotten older, I've learned that it's scary not to be entrepreneurial. When jobs start getting cut, the tech industry starts crashing, you could do, you could work hard for a company for 40 years and your pension just disappear because of dumb mm -hmm. things our politicians do. And all of a sudden your retirement's just gone. So I was super scared to make the jump, but ultimately just knew I had to get into it. The cannabis industry was calling me. I was working as a travel nurse recruiter at a company right down the street. Loved it. Was hammering 200 calls a day, calling nurses and stuff. So yeah, we talked about that. Before. Yeah. Being around yeah. doctors don't scare me. I'm like, dude, I called 200 <laughs> nurses a day asking them, do you want a job? So it's like, I'll deal with them. And I was, uh, you know, surfing on the internet as you do at a call center. And, uh, so the, about the teacup, the Texas cannabis, um, licensing was going out. This is like uh, 2018, early 2018, okay. late 2017. I was like, man, I've got to find a way to get into this. My mom had breast cancer and I saw weed really help her. You know, I was buying it for her in high school and it was really top shelf stuff for 2012. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it was, it was that I've always just, you Needless know, to say it was unregulated. It was unregulated. <laughs> and now looking back at those probably pesticides in it, it was probably not grown with decent quality and, you know, but it helped her with the nausea and stuff. And okay. from a economical standpoint, it's like the war on drugs was a failure. You know, I saw, yeah. grew up listening to Ron Paul and Jesse Ventura and like politicians yeah. like that that said, Hey, so, so I just knew it was a good thing. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how we got here. We started throwing meetups. That's part of the story. Our first meetup was July of 2018. I used to throw parties in college and, you know, just parties like, hey, let's have a party. Let's have a reason. Where did you go to college? Uh, Texas State University. Uh, okay. Eat them up cats in San Marcos. Uh, that's for when like, did you graduate? Uh, 2015. Okay. 2015. That's for like all the kids that can't get into UT. That's the joke. But I only applied <laughs> there in Texas Tech and chose San Marcos instead. And it's beautiful you know, campus. Beautiful campus. And the funny thing about San Marcos is they actually... In like the 80s, they legalized uh, cannabis, the city council did, oh, and wow. the state came in and said, you're not allowed to do that. Like the city council passed the ordinance in the 80s legalizing inside the city. So that's funny. San Marcos has a rich history. I'm actually going to circle back and 
probably do a student organization with them. We talked about exporting the Texas A&M Chill program or starting a new one at Texas Stakes. There's so many marketers and culture down there. But I don't want to digress. I want to uh, kind of move on. I started throwing events because that's the only, you know, I'm not a scientist, not a doctor. Again, can't really do math, you know, but can barely read. Audible. <laughs> <laughs> but you do know a lot of people. I do. Well, I just started talking to people and, hey, what's up? And I like to talk to people and I like to get out there. I like to learn about folks. You know, I do believe in like the six degrees of separation and using the tools of the internet. You know, when, when I had Facebook and Twitter, it's, you know, when Zuckerberg talked about bringing the world together, it's like, okay, there's good and bad. You know, how are we going to use this for good? Yeah. And uh, so we started doing events and I've started a couple other ventures after that, consulting and just meeting folks and writing the industry as it goes. But, uh, you know, events and media, you know, I can't grow very well. Again, can't do the math, can't do the accounting. You know, can I can read laws. My background's in government. I was a non-voting member, actually, of the San Marcos City Council. I had a dice and everything. I represented the student body. So I do understand bills. I understand government structure. I understand how the money gets appropriated and the pork barrel sure. and all that. So I'm kind of using my government knowledge and just attitude to, pay, to pave my own way in the industry. I ultimately just wanted a job that wasn't going to drug test me. Like that was really the goal. It's like, hey, I'll go find a job. I don't want to be drug tested because uh, cannabis really helped me with acid reflux. And I'm like a patient too on some stuff and really helped, uh, you know, calm my GI tract and some other stuff. And, okay. you know, anyway, but that's, that's my story. It's just getting started and, uh, yep. you know, been friends with Rico here for a minute. So that's anyway, funny. that's part of it. He, and you do call me by another name too. So we won't get into that. Um, get that one later. I forget your name's Richard. You're get a professor. That one later. <laughs> Dr. Rogier. Yeah. Um, tell me a little about you. I mean, we're, I know you're from Jersey. Yeah, I'm from Jersey. And um, you, you're a pain doctor, mm -hmm. and, but you're also involved with the Texas Cannabis yeah. uh, I prescribe use, cannabis. Use yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, my, my way of getting in this is not as cool as Dalton's way. Um, it's mine's a little more straightforward. You worked so. a little bit harder. <laughs> that is fun. But honestly, I mean, I did it because of my patients. Um, you know, I'm a pain doctor. I'm a sports doctor. I see people with all the problems that... Okay they can use cannabis for, right? Sure. Pain and anxiety and depression and the GI stuff and then the, the, the nerve pain. And so um, they, all, they, they would come to my office and no one, you know, after people are on opiates for years at a time and after people are on NSAIDs like mm -hmm. ibuprofen and diclofenac and their stomachs get all torn up and then, then they have no other option, right? And so it's like, so what else is there? And so you're watching all these other states pop up and do, and like, you know, we're so far behind. So I'm just right. saying just crying because I can't give patients like what they need. And then the Texas Capacity Use Act was up in 2015. And honestly, I'm gonna tell you when I first got here, I was started, I started my first job at 20 in 2014. I was out on my own in 2015. I had no idea this even existed because there was no marketing. Doctors weren't talking about it. There was, you had no idea. And so maybe about two years ago, I finally found out about this, about us prescribing cannabis in Texas. And honestly, I didn't believe it. I was like, come on, dude. Like I had to go research myself because I didn't believe the doctor telling me that either. And so once I kind of got in, um, I learned all about, I learned all about it. And I was like, you know what? I got to do this. That's and, so interesting yeah. that, you, that um, you, when you first came across it, you said, there's no way. Yeah. That yeah. was your attitude is like, right. oh, well, there's no way that, right. that doctors would be involved, which tells me how many other doctors are reticent about getting into mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Unless they, of course, take the time. Of course, we right. all know doctors are under tight schedules. Mm -hmm. Time is your biggest enemy, oh, all right? The time. All the time. And so, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it has progressed since I've gotten into it. So I got into it through actually the Texas um, Cannabis Industry Association. Mm -hmm. I was their outside general counsel. So um, I actually had a chance to look at Senate Bill 339 and draft some amendments yeah. to it and got it proposed to DPS. And so 
when I got into it, it was still very early. We only mm-hmm. had one qualifying condition at the mm-hmm. time. Right. In, in, uh, Intractable epilepsy, right? That's right. And it was very statutorily defined. Mm-hmm. And um, But it was amazing how many physicians I spoke with that um, either didn't believe in it or just were flat out fearful of it. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Uh, I, I, I represented this neurologist. Mm-hmm. And he's, without his name, mentioning his name, he's, he's an older doctor. He just thought it was basically quack medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think part of it is generational. Mm-hmm. What, oh, are sure. your, what do you I think? I mean, it is. That? I mean, you got to think like it's definitely generational, I think. I mean, I mean, I talk to my mom about this all the time. She's like, ah, the, the devil's green lettuce. We're not going, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And her son is prescribing it, yeah. talks to her about all the scientific studies, all the evidence. And she's still like, um, no, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, but now though, I'm gonna say this, mama has come around a little bit. There we go. I'm telling her some stories about all these great patients. And she's like, <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, I think this is a great thing, you know? And so- Now is mama asking for mama, something mama, now? Mama, <laughs> yet, hey, but, but hey, but pop, Pops, you know, Pops yeah. has a good time. So I'm gonna say that. I'm not gonna throw them out there like that, but you know. That's funny. <laughs> well, cannabis science is rapidly evolving too. You know, you don't have yeah. to smoke it. There's other consumption yeah. ways. Yeah. You know, it's not always good. I wanted to kind of mention the marketing thing. I don't think the teacup program had any baked in marketing money in it in the program i know like the affordable care yeah, act exactly. had marketing money to explain right. to the, the population so it's really no surprise that this wasn't communicated you would think out of like the 500 yeah. uh, 500 license yeah. we could spend like maybe two grand on it, marketing it really wasn't because yeah. and, and this is an indication of why it was why it's an indication of how how it wasn't um i was giving you know for the first i would say five years when i got into this i was speaking all around the mm-hmm. state all yeah. around the country to at lawyer events and it wasn't until probably around 2018, 2019, about, you know. Four years after the law passed. Four years after the law passed and yeah. about really five to six years after I already got into it, mm. that lawyers were actually aware that, oh, Texas has a cannabis program. Right. Yeah. So and it, it, it's, it really was. Yeah. And with doctors too, man, you got to think about this too. Like doctors are just so, I mean, we're taught how to treat, right? And so when that kind of comes along, that's new, people are kind of like sketchy about it. And because they're used to treating a certain way. Yep. And so you bring in your, your morals, your values and all that. And so right. some people are totally against cannabis. And I mean, that's okay, right? But I don't think it's right to not give the option to people if mm-hmm. they need it, despite your beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's legal. People benefit from it. So what's the problem? Right. <laughs> you know, and Especially that's all in, a, in a super allegedly free country, you would think, you know, the sure. right to treat yourself. So, uh, and there are some some interesting right to try laws out mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. both on a federal level yeah. and on, in, in certain states. Like, for example, in the uh, state of California, they have what's called Ryan's Law, and it's uh, it deals with cancer. Um, I believe it's I'm not a California ba- uh, based attorney, obviously, but um, it actually mandates hospitals to 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 allow patients to try cannabis products Mm -hmm. Mm. they can't actually prevent it now that creates a conflict of laws issue right because many of those hospitals may be under a medicare certification right right right? Right. federally federally funded right well they and plus there's a clause in in their medicare medicare contract with cms saying that they won't aid in a federal crime so that now kind of dicey so then it becomes very very dicey right and and i'm curious as a physician Mm -hmm. here in texas and are you licensed in other states too uh just right now in texas okay have you heard of any of your colleagues or maybe yourself getting any guidance or any, um, um, I guess, any communication regarding medical cannabis from the medical board? Um, so, I mean, they do, like, there's not actual rules or regulations just yet. It's, it's so new and infant that, you know, it's still kind of like wide, wide open. Here in Texas, mm-hmm. most docs are kind of just here, just kind of just find their own way on their own, right? I That's mean, right. You know, we have, no, there is like a guiding body, but there's really not much 
guidelines right now how to do this. I mean, because so it's such so small right now, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's just not there yet, you know. And so we we kind of just get out here, we start, and you try not to make any mistakes in the way. Mm -hmm. I got guys like Dalton to help me out and people who I talk to, but really a lot of it's just been what I've learned on my own, just right. rocking and going with it. Yeah, I only ask because I don't know of any med, uh, Texas Medical Board guidance that's, mm -hmm. that expressly prevents doctors from getting into it, yeah, right? not at all, no. Um, and I haven't heard of a single doctor in the state of Texas being penalized or subject to any administrative penalties because all. of being part of the teacup program. Right, exactly. right? And so I just wanted your viewpoint on it. Um, Dalton, tell me a little bit about now you're, you're with a couple of companies. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I mean, I've been making the joke when you're with 20 different companies, that means none of them make any money. So we're turning, we're turning <laughs> well, when we first <laughs> met, you, your, one of your questions to me was, well, how, how do I monetize? Some yeah. Of right. Stuff, right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about how you're monetizing. Well, some of your Yeah. Efforts. I mean, it was kind of like getting to the party, trying to meet everybody and then figuring out what to do later, you know, kind of playing matchmaker here. Uh, you know, the monetization effort, you know, has been a, been a slow road. One I've learned, it is easier to work for other people. Uh, sometimes in working for yourself, you know, this whole notion of entrepreneurship is you don't work for yourself. Dude, I work for my clients, like the clients are the boss. So this whole thing of, oh, I don't have a job. It's like, or I don't have a boss. It's like, no, dude, your clients are your boss, unless you've got some real estate dividends and then your tenants are your boss. So I'm like really of this, this, I don't, I think there's a lot of miscommunication about entrepreneurship being promoted online about what it is and, you know, all the roads to it. But anyway, uh, the question was, how are we monetizing? You know, Greenlight is a, you know, a long form established events company. Uh, we uh, incorporated that October of 2018. And so that's a functioning events company that will do consulting gigs on, marketing gigs on. Uh, we throw one event per year, uh, a year. It's called the Texas Cannabis Roundup. So that was a profitable event. And we're going to look to build off that. I think we're going to do it like August 10th. Who's doing that with you? Well, uh, my partner in Greenlight right now is David, but we have David Flores, but we have a couple other consultants, contractors. We mm -hmm. call them ourselves the Greenlight Gang. You know, mm -hmm. we got Simeon, our videographer. We got DJ McCray, the DJ, we got a whole little group of folks um, and a couple other people that are kind of taking other jobs that help us behind the scenes, you know? So that's green light. That's one, you know, it, it's more of a vehicle. We never thought green light was going to be the biggest thing to either like pay the bills, but just a, a vehicle to meet everybody and throw events. And some other organizations and folks have really stepped up throwing quality events. The reason why we started doing it is there was literally no events happening. So it was kind of a need. It's like, Hey, we just have to do it. And we wouldn't even charge tickets. We'd usually sell a couple sponsorships and buy a couple speakers and call it a deal. Um, Texas Cannabis TV is being monetized online by ads, consulting, uh, media deals. We've been blessed to be hooked up with other media entities, like some of the biggest in Texas. So sometimes when they DM us, hey, you know, can we buy an ad? It's like, you know, an ad's not great for us, but we'll hook you up with another big publication, you know, maybe a big magazine, maybe an online syndicate, a, a media blog, and we'll kick those deals to our other media partners for you know a kickback or a commission because since we're finding the deal so really we're a kind of boutique pr agency too if you come to me and say hey i want marketing you know yeah we could run it through our channels at texas cannabis tv but there's other channels as well there's other media platforms to get them on so really i'm kind of settling down with the media and events that's kind of where we're at on okay. the green light texas cannabis tv side those are like my two things i own but then there's other clients i have that we could get into with other media and you know, helping a couple people out with a license here and there, uh, just kind of just giving people goggles, you know, sunlight's the best disinfectant. So half the people I talk to just have no idea what's going on. So as you know, one of my favorite lawyers taught me, Hey, give them 20 minutes, explain what you can do. And then after that, Hey, this is kind of going to cost you because I don't have enough time to save everybody. You know, Jesus feeding the 5,000 around here. It's like, Hey, everybody's got, I mean, even really smart people call with like the silliest questions about the teacup. And I'm like, 
you know, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, like you should know, like they're asking me some of the dumbest, and, and there's no such thing as a dumb question, <laughs> or you're in a, when you're in a hurry, and you got places to be, exactly. and you owe other people your time, and you got deadlines, it's like, no, that is, a, might be a not dumb question to you, but it's exhausting to me. It's like, like hey, man, dude, like, what don't you do though, Don? Well, man. I just try to learn, you know, just get on the internet, <laughs> you know, you ask questions, chat GDP, you know, being right. a millennial type of person, like we got to use the internet, you know, you really do anything with the internet, you yeah, can really right. do anything for free, it doesn't cost you a lot, and you know, I try to just show people what to do. Hey, use this software. Hey, hire this person. Because if you're going to ask me to do it myself, like you're going to get hit with the invoice soon. I still want to be friends, but you got to pay the invoice. I'm so curious how AI is going <laughs> to get implemented into the, the industry of cannabis. Maybe CRISPR I mean, genetics. Yeah, I mean, I mean, AI is such a, it's such a broad thing. I mean, you know, it'd be cool. I think you know, at some point now, even with think about all the dosing, think about how we treat the patients, yeah. right? What if we could just combine just all the combinations of cannabis people are on, mm -hmm. seeing their seeing their uh, conditions and seeing their outcomes? You might be able to create like an automatic, just like automatic recipe for people. Crunch right? the data, you right. know? Like we get a million patients here. Like, I mean, that'd be mm -hmm. cool. But then they'd be taking some of my job, so I don't think that's cool. <laughs> now so we're now we're mind chat. You just gotta you just gotta take a little piece of ownership in the in the mother program, you know. All right. So well, tell me, tell me about one of the challenges you have with your clients, because you mentioned your clients are kind of your lifeblood to your companies. Right? Yeah, and so, yeah. But tell me about some of the challenges when you, when you're dealing with clients. Well, regulations, definitely the hardest, okay. you know, from legal reg regulations to even the social media ones could be so easy. Just uh, out do Facebook ads, you know, and be the middleman yeah. to be a cannabis Facebook advertiser, which I know some of these things are loosened up, but being the middleman for these big agents, um, you know, and also Twitter, we came on, we were one of the first people to apply for the Twitter uh, mm -hmm. thing. And we got hit that, hey, you know, unless you're going to spend $10,000, you're at the end of the line. Mm -hmm. And uh, no hate to Twitter. We're definitely interested to get in on that. But, you know, when they announced Twitter, you can do cannabis advertising. It was like, oh, that's fun. And you apply and it's like, yeah. hey, you got to have to get that, get that, grand that later. get that blue check yeah, first, get sir. Get your blue check. And the then uh, check shout, out, shout out to Kevin Carrillo because he helped <laughs> get me connected to somebody directly at Twitter. So now we're interfacing directly with them. The red tape. I mean, this whole Delta 8, Delta 9, HHC, all these things as an events company, one, we uh, hold our position in the community really strong to make sure we're having compliant legal companies that are good actors. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had in our interesting history, we've had a couple interesting sponsors that didn't represent the industry the best. <laughs> and, well, I got and we'll a, leave it at that. I got, I got, I got an earful from uh, our other attorney friend in Addison. Okay. Um, you know, and she, and she said, hey, you know, you can't be putting me on stage with these people that have no paperwork, no suit. Anyway, we learned we learned our lesson. So it's hard one to sell sponsorship. It's hard to sell something. Yeah. As uh, another one of my clients, Weed and Whiskey J Man says, nothing happens until someone sells something. That's like the motto. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens until someone sells something. You got to be yeah. the salesperson. And sometimes it's hard for me as being the friend. You know, you got to be the leader of your sales organization as well. You have to go yeah. do that. It's like the Texas Cannabis Roundup. You know, I gave the deck to everybody, but you know, until I started selling, nothing else trickled in. So that's yeah. kind of what it is. But uh, the red tape. You know, you're working with. I remember it was like a month before the Texas Hemp Convention. They said Delta 8's illegal. And I'm like, damn, that's a that tough place to be. Mm -hmm. You have all these vendors and sponsors. You yeah. sold them something saying you could bring these products. You know, nobody has these contracts figured out. And then now you're telling them you can't right. bring it. Mm -hmm. And then some people follow, some people don't. It's just such a mess. So I'd say to answer it in short, you know, the regulations of keeping up. I can't sell a sponsorship saying I don't know what's legal. Then also keeping my own integrity on the line by saying, hey, you know, we're not going to allow these products. They're illegal in the, mm -hmm. in the moment. So it's all the way down to the final T. So it's hard to sell something, especially eight months in advance. Like Texas Cannabis Roundup is in August. You know, I could have probably already sold fifteen, twenty thousand dollars worth of sponsorship, and uh, we still will. But it's like, what happens when I sell something and their main product is no longer legal in the state? Mm -hmm. What happens when 
something happens and they're no longer in business because something happened. They move states. They're applying for this license. Half people we work with is like, they, it's all scatterbrain. We're doing this. It's all a contingency plan. Hey, we're doing this until this happens. Mm -hmm. Hey, Dalton, I want to sponsor this, but if this happens, we can't. Hey, hey, I want to advertise with you, but like, you know, we might not have it in this or we might not have it in that. And people really want to go the furthest bang for their buck. And we don't have control over the social media companies. So I feel bad when we sell an ad for 50 or $100 and we post it. It's always funny on Texas Cannabis TV, the stuff that we post that is the most important information gets like four and a half likes, you know, <laughs> but we post some dumb shit about, you know, Eric Cartman selling vapes at South Park, you know, 18, 1900 likes, literally all organic, all real. So yeah. it's like, how do you package that to an advertiser when the real information we push for them yeah. goes nowhere? I feel bad about even with the invoice, we have to do it anyway. Um, because you know, that's, we can't, you know, I mean, I guess we could do some sliding scale of if yeah, it gets hate. certain, then you pay. But yeah, and that's not even how we roll. We're yeah. not, we didn't need to be advertisers. We literally created some of these media platforms just to get the word out because yeah, there sure. was no other, you know, we started it before yeah. some of the other main publications out here, which I think they're doing a great job again with the events. Now that there's some other events, we're not as hyperactive about throwing events with the media. Now that there's other media channels, we're not going to like, we're not going to die on the media hill, especially when Instagram just snap up a finger. I remember I was at the Texas Hemp Coalition at A&M and might've had like two beers. So I didn't care, but I was taking a shower, signed into our Instagram. It was just gone. Poof. It's gone. And I was like, I was actually kind of excited. I'm like, I don't have to deal with this anymore. Yeah. You know, I don't have to deal with all these people that want this posted or these, mm -hmm. or, you know, my, and then we ended up, uh, re repealing the Instagram, getting it back. So that was like a major strike. So now we have like an, a major strike on us. Another major one we're done. So it's also, we're having to play conservative with it when the fun thing to do is just like, you know, kind of like shit post all day, but you can't do that. Um, you're going to lose it. And yeah. then, you know, everything else. And we're, yeah. we're going to other platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's actually the honey hole. That's where everybody needs to be. You know, I'm going to help push some of some of this content through LinkedIn. Because okay. yeah. look at the beautiful doctor down here. Yeah. Yeah. Be, thank you, sir. I'm trying to be well, in the same video oh, on LinkedIn you, with him down you, here. Sir. Well, thank let's you. let's thank shift you. over right. to the good doctor here. Um, good doctor, you have two. <laughs> the good, the nice. good doctor. Trademark <laughs> the, good, the, the good RX doctor. You know, uh, I good, have to go by the green healer at this the point. The green now. healer. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get on his good side. Maybe he'll give me some good prescriptions <laughs> down the road. It's worth it. So you have a couple of ventures in, yeah, in the healthcare yeah. space. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. have ARC, yes. Medical Cannabis Clinic. Yes, yes. That's what keeps you busy on the medical cannabis side. Yes, yeah. Conversely, you have, um, I believe it's Zen Interventional. Pain and Wellness. Pain and Wellness. Mm -hmm, yeah. uh, and because, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe this is a good time for you to explain to yeah, the yeah. audience. Yeah. Your background is PMNR, which yes. is physical medicine rehab. Mm -hmm. I was an Thank occupational you. therapist. My man. Uh, before I became an, an, an attorney. So I worked with a lot of PMNR doctors. Mm -hmm. But eventually it transitioned to pain and now mm -hmm. it's more, what did you, would you say it's more global now? Yeah. Well, it's more spine. I do a lot of spines in sports okay. medicine now. So pretty much if it hurts, muscle, bone, tendon, nerves, I take care of it. Okay. Pretty simple. So tell me about each of your ventures and how you, you know, what, do, you, do you take on a different approach yeah. with one versus the I mean, other? You kind of have to. So, you know, I, I have a practice where I see people with all kinds of pain problems, right? And yep. so when I started doing cannabis, I was like, you know, just, just kind of stow it in here with, with the practice. So I'm seeing you, I'm taking care of your back pain, your nerve pain, and then I'm going to do a little just cannabis prescribing in my practice. And then, but it, got, it started getting kind of complicated because, you know, one thing was like the, the, the legal part. My question was, should I keep my practice with my cannabis practice for one, right? And so mm -hmm. when I went to try to get more coverage for my malpractice, I had issues putting it in my clinic because mm -hmm. I was doing cannabis. Mm -hmm. So then I had to keep them separate because even though I'm prescribing a, a drug that's technically legal, right. 
everybody looks at it's not legal from, you know, my practice insurance, my, my practice, the, some of the lawyers, insurances, like banking, they look banking, which is also yeah. an issue. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So you, you sit, you're sitting here going, I'm prescribing on a program through a law in Texas. Mm -hmm. Why it's so hard. Right. And it was, it was hard. So I had to separate the two. And so, and so I, I took out ARC Medical Cannabis Clinic. So ARC meaning A-R-K. Why ARC? Because I was having issues with access. So I was like, you know what? How, let me get everybody on this boat. Uh, right? And the so, ARC. So the you, get, you get the ARC? The ARC. Not Arkansas, yeah. but the ARC. So, the ARC. hey, come on, come all. Two by two, three by three. Come on, hop on this. And I'm going to get you what, you what you need to get. Right. right? And so we built out ARC Medical Cannabis Clinic. I have a partner. Um, Kenny Hooper, and we built this, this, this big cannabis clinic. Uh, it's all telemedicine, basically, yep. which is good because yep. I don't have to have a brick and mortar just yet because there's no law about that yet. But having to have a brick and mortar. I'll say this. Uh, I represent probably five or six different mm -hmm. um, cannabis, uh, medical cannabis practices mm -hmm. for physicians, mm -hmm. and they're almost always telemedicine. Right, right. And so, I mean, people like it. Yeah. It's easy. I think COVID taught us that, you know, telemed yeah. is easy to do, right? And so, yeah. so we, we just hop right on. Right. Start seeing these patients. Yep. Start seeing all of them all at once. And it was it's, it's cool. But we, then there's also problems, though, too, right? And people, one thing is cost, I think, mm -hmm. right now. Yep. Cost is huge. I mean, I think we're going to pass get this bill passed where it's going to be 5% by volume, right, in regards to the actual content of the kind of THC. Mm -hmm. It's 1% right now. Yep. Meaning that hemp, hemp folks, folks, folks got to take a whole lot, whether it yeah. be a whole lot of gummies a whole lot of tincture. Yeah. Like, I mean, so, so you want to be able to take a, like a little drop, right? But folks are drinking like a whole, you know, like a whole cap full or cap full and a half of like oil to get what they need. So that's one thing. So it costs a lot because of the amount we can get. Secondly, it's an access issue too. I mean, it's delivery issues. So right. my practice is in Mansfield. I'm on, I have Arlington, Wachihachi, Midlothian. Um, they don't get to deliver THC out there. They don't, their products at all. And so, you know, I got people who, who don't drive. Yeah. Who need their medicine? Do they go to access centers? Do they they, they have centers? to. Yeah. So, but it, you know, it's a small little window of time. Right. That's it's right. in some place that they might maybe get to. I might live far. You got a cute little eighty-five-year-old lady. Right. You know, and I have a lot of older patients too. Right. right. You know, that's the thing too. I'm gonna talk about later. Like just just how they look. Right. These people are of all ages. You know, I got my girls. You know, I got my girls walk in who's eighty-five. She's still doing her pickleball and everything. Yeah. Knee hurts. Has some PTSD, have some, you know, might have some like nerve problems. Great for them. I got a little lady. She might be in a nursing home with all this nerve pain. She doesn't want to take hydrocodone anymore, and so we're doing a little gummy. And then next thing you know, I, I had a lady last week. She came by. She was she was crying. She was like, I haven't ha haven't had hydrocodone in a month. And she's like eighty two years old, nursing home, fully That's coherent, great. fully no, functional, no hydro, dude, for a month, chilling, dude, chilling. Yeah. Looking awesome, hair up, had her finger waves in, you know what I'm saying? So so I'm saying is that people are benefiting from this, but it's hard to get it to them. And then when they can get it, it's expensive. Most people are on a fixed income, right? Expensive. These bottles are like 60 bucks. Are none of your patients getting it delivered at all? Some are, okay. but the but the some are. It depends where you live though. They don't they can't make it everywhere. It's mm -hmm. like it's a very small window of time yeah. that product could be in that truck, right? We know this. And yeah. so there's areas in Texas and DFW right now that don't get delivered to. Sure. And so, so it makes it really hard for my patients. So I'm trying to figure this out Well, not out to right mention now. there's only two licensees that's operational right, exactly. right now, which we all know that um, the application process for more licenses is going on as we speak yes, right now. Yes, right? Thing, yes. So I have two questions. Um, one, what are the type of pro uh, the products that you prescribe the most? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then two, what is the most 
common qualifying condition that you're yeah, utilizing sure. T-Tup sure, yeah. for? I think so. I think people tend to like the tincture the most. I mean, okay. I mean, there's not much, right? So, you know, so the, the two dispensaries, they have multiple products, but people tend yeah. to use the gummies or the tincture, right? And so the, the, the gummies are cool, but the problem is that one, I mean, for one, everybody doesn't like chewing gummies, the taste. Two, um, they might not be as strong. I mean, most are, there's like five milligram gummies and there's like one 20 milligram gummy. You mm. get about 20 in the bottle. The five milligram gummies, I think you get about 40, I think. And so the issue is, well, what if you need to take 10 milligrams twice a day? Using four a day, that bottle may last you, what, 10 days plus? Yeah. And so, and it's expensive. Second bottle, expensive. third bottle, yeah. fourth bottle. So, the tincture I think people like the most one, it works a little faster. Um, it tends to go a little longer. And the thing is, you can measure it, right? Mm. You can't measure a gummy, right? Right. right? Yeah. I mean, the ones they make, I can't, if I cut a gummy in half, I mean, I mean, yeah, I got good hands and all, you know, but <laughs> you I can't know. slice a gummy perfectly no. in half. No, right. I get 50%, 50%. I can't measure Especially it. Especially for an older patient. Thank you. I mean, right. think about it. You got to cut it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you take I, it for I, granted, I, right? <laughs> Cutting stuff. I don't want to generalize <laughs> here, but I'm thinking, gosh, he sees older patients. Yeah. I wonder if any, some of them yeah, may even have a hard time chewing it. Yeah. From a dental standpoint. And so, these are issues, right? So, so the tincture is a little better. Um, again, we talked talk about how it's, you know, you got to take, you end up taking maybe sometimes a lot of liquid, but it works faster. It's easier to measure. I can measure out a half a dropper, a quarter of a dropper, a mm -hmm. full drop, yeah. much easier. And also too, like people got diabetes and stuff. So you're taking sure. gummies. Is that, is that sugar? Right? We live in a convenience so, world and we're not making it convenient for these it's folks. It's nuts. And it, yeah. it could be so much better for them. Right. And so. Yeah. Um, so what about I, lozenges? Do, so, you, do you use? So the. A lot of them don't use the lozenges. But most most of my patients, they they, they, right. they like the gummies and the tinctures. Okay. That's, people use what they're familiar with. Yep. A lot of people have had CBD before, and they've had CBD tinctures. So they know what that is, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so they kind of hop on what they kind of know. They know it works, and they're right. not going to get sick from it. Yeah. So they're like just real comfy with it, exactly. So, I mean, and so mainly gummy tinctures. They'll, they also have salves they can use, gotcha. too. Like, there's a lotion they like to use. So if you got, like, you know, arthritis, because once you're on it, you can get stuff or whatever, yeah. right? And once you have a qualifi qualifying condition, you may have other things that you're also treating right, too, right? right, right so right. that salve is pretty good too. You know, rub a little bit on, right. boom, on your way, right? And so, right. Um, but condition-wise, I say two. One, the top I say right now is PTSD mm -hmm. because it's so broad. Listen, PTSD is come on, admit it. It's what? so broad. It is. It is. It's broad. But <laughs> everybody's got a little PTSD, but and that is exactly. <laughs> That's right. It. I got a little Everybody's PTSD. got a little PTSD. 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 It's not traumatized. I've, That's I've, right. We, we all are. We, we went through COVID twenty twenty like exactly. we're all traumatized here. Yeah. But in all but being serious though, like we all have had trauma. I don't mm -hmm. care who you are, we've all had trauma that can lead to some anxiety, depression. Now. It's a broad definition. What I don't do anymore, I don't, I don't, I don't diagnose them. So okay. if you come to me and you have PTSD and there's no treatment for it yet, I'm not going to say you have it. I was have some 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 psych colleagues who will die, will even talk to you. They'll do an interview with you, and if you have it, diagnose you. Boom, get, get the medication. Right. But a lot of my patients are already treated for it. I mean, I, I got people in the military, mm. older people. I mean, I got real folks, domestic violence, mm -hmm. sexual violence, and so I have gotten. I, you know, as a pain doctor, I do a lot of mental health, but this job, I didn't foresee the people I was going to be talking to, the stories I was going to get. I mean, mm. I got people on the phone crying to me, bawling to me, like, and it's, it's, it's really moving now to see these people get better. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand what I was getting into. People tell you their story, like they do in my clinic, but on the phone. And I'm seeing people with all kinds of problems. And I think COVID did a lot of this. Like people 
just don't feel good anymore. That becomes yeah. a public health Let issue. Let me tell you right? something. Yeah. People don't feel good. Every single person I see now that walks yeah. in my office has some form of anxiety and depression. It's well, they're aware of it now too. It's again, yeah. it's being talked about more too. Mm-hmm. And so PTSD is huge. And I, and it's amazing. I mean, I got mm-hmm. dudes in the middle, I got Marines and, and Navy SEAL guys who just can't sleep, have poor, you know, they don't their wives don't like them anymore. They don't like being mm, awake. Yeah. And so we start doing the cannabis and, you know, we might do like a, like a one-to-one in the daytime and at night a pure THC. And these guys were like, dude, my life is so much better. My wife likes me. My sex- is it because they're just happier or well, is it because think, they're out of, they're out of the depressive so, mood or? It's so many different things, right? I mean, I mean, cannabis helps with one, the, the anxiety, right? Yep. I mean, imagine just having anxiety all day. You're, you're startled. You don't like being in big groups. And, and then so, somehow, some way you calm down, right? Sleep is huge. We all know uh, that yeah. I don't care how sick you are, have if you get some sleep, you'll feel better. Most people with pain don't sleep well. And we also know that how important sleep is just for our overall mood. Yeah. Like, we got to have sleep. I don't care if you hurt or not, you need sleep. So most people with PTSD don't sleep well. Mm. They have nightmares, right? They can't fall asleep. So now they're, and, and a lot of times those other drugs like Ambien. Mm. I mean, okay, so let me tell you about Ambien. I hate prescribing Ambien. You might wake up butt naked on your lawn. <laughs> Because you slept well. Like I have so I have told me I have so many stories of people just going nuts off ambient, like waking up, especially when you're older, right? Like that's the last thing. Hey, doll, you want to get some ambient? Well, like, I mean, and not in a good way. It sounds sir. like it sounds like spring break's coming not up. In a good way, sir. <laughs> so, we're, we're gonna get some ambient from here. Yeah, we'll I'm take saying, a drive hey, down to not, to the beach that that later not, on this month. That was sounds not like uh, sounds like Panama City Beach 2013. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That is Dr. Rozier, why are you writing so much ambient descriptions? So, so, so imagine the person now, all of a sudden they have great sleep, right? That changed the game for them. Perfect. Like, yeah. So you're rested, you wake up and you're like, okay, now I can start my new day because you know what? I feel better in general. And also too, it helps with the nerves, right? I mean, we know mm-hmm. CBD is neuroprotective, neuro, it helps to regenerate nerves. And so, and all in all, it helps you feel better too, right? And so I think it's a, it's an all-encompassing thing, but I think the Biggest thing is the mood in people. People's mood improves. I want to, I want to throw something in there. You know, we've done no long-term research of what depriving somebody's endocannabinoid system does to them. So let's mm-hmm. say your endocannabinoid system has been dry for 50 years. Maybe it's just like the little oil in the mm-hmm. car. You yeah. know, everything starts to get better regulating. I'm not the scientist. I'm not the doctor. Yeah. You know, can barely read I su- the- I'll, su- I'll support your. I'll support that. I'll support yeah. That. I mean, who knows what's going to- We can't do research on it. So if your endocannabinoid system's literally been deprived for 20 years- and then all of a sudden you get just a little right. in your system. Maybe it does affect. I think it's good to explain people that like in the so the endocannabinoid system. What is that? Basically, so you know, so your cannabis has these molecules, mm-hmm. right? Is it a it, lock and key system? Yeah. So think about that way. Exactly. Yeah. So think about as as you need you got a receptor and you need something in it. So you need right? a little lube, just a little and bit. And so people who are people who are sick who have conditions have a down regulation of that, mm-hmm. right? So basically, even if you have because we have natural cannabinoids in our body floating around, right? But if you don't have enough of them, it's not, you know, you're not regular basically, right? So here is a person who's sick. You give them some THC and they don't, they're not getting high. They're not getting like intoxicated. They're getting even now. And so mm-hmm. now you make them even and now everything else kind of falls into place for them, you know? So PTSD is one. The other one I'm seeing a lot of now suddenly is a lot of neuropathy, like nerve mm. pain. Is that is that categorized under the uh, neurological degenerative exactly. diseases? So I put because it, it has like under thirty early. different. There's but we but when I do my prescription, there's no drop down for neuropathy. So I put it under other neuro, like neuro issues. Okay. So, um, but yes, the neuropathy is one of those that you have nerve pain. People get it from trauma. They get it from diabetes. They get it from spine injuries. Right. That numby, yep. tingly pain you get. And so yep. I have never. I, so I've been doing this. I'm at, 
practice for about eight years now by myself. I give all the medicine for nerve pain. I'm a Pentin, Lyrica, I'm a Triptoline, mm. some anti-seizure drugs. And I've never seen people improve as much for neuropathy. Dude, I'm really? telling you. I, but remember, what, what is CBD though? Neuroprotective, yeah. neuroregenerative, yeah. right? And the most receptors in your body or in your nervous system and your gut. It right. makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And so I'm seeing people like, I had a lady, a, a, I had a lady who was crying because she was like, for the first time ever, I was on vacation and I got to hike. Mm. I got to walk up the pyramid and thank you. And I feel, and it was just like, I took no pain medicine. Is there you an anti-inflammatory component to yes, it? Yes, there is. Okay. I mean, God, you asked that question. So it is actually, so CBD is a thousand times stronger than incense, right? An incense, what is that? Ibuprofen, wow. naproxen, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it makes you think like, so you know what incense do, like you, how many friends you have that don't, don't rip holes in their stomach, right? Mm -hmm. So I hate goodies powder, okay? So I'm gonna tell you something about the South and goodies powder. So I'm from <laughs> Jersey. And I've never heard that until I moved down to the South. I'm like, what is this big old packet of white powder of stuff in it? People love goodies powder. What is it? A high amount of NSAIDs, right? Mm. So what happens? You take ibuprofen a bunch of times, you know, in six, eight months, nine months. You take an naproxen. What happens? Your, your lining, your stomach gets all ripped up, right? Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you got an ulcer. But if you're so, drinking on so it, So what too. happens? What most people do, right? right? And so let's be serious. Most people still party when taking the medication. Yeah. So then they're like, oh, well, your doc goes, well, guess what? Now you can't have any more insects. So what's the next step? Something stronger than insects, right? Tramadol. And then, and then what's next? An opiate, right? Mm. And so that's how it goes. But it, but we have something for people who can't take insects. It's cannabis, right? Right? Mm. Like it makes sense. And the so, medical, medical industrial complex, and, that it works. Exactly. And so it's like, so who's against this too? So you got to think the people who have the insects, do they want us using cannabis mm -hmm. for it. Of right? course, it cuts into their profit Dude, margin, right? because cannabis, because so, think about yeah. it. If, if cannabis was like federally legal, you know how many drugs would probably be off the market? Yeah. You wouldn't need stuff for. When home grow, you know, that's bro. why the pharma is trying to come in and swallow they the whole industry. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't use these plants that grow naturally on the earth. You can't grow it and use it yourself. We want to make it, make you pay for it instead, right? And so, but imagine if all the anti-nausea medicine got off the market. Ugh, and stuff for your gut, stuff for anxiety. Stuff for pain. Like it covers so many things too. And so it's that's a big market share of stuff that these pharmaceutical companies cannot break into because we got a plant that grows that can use that that you can use for all kinds of different things. You know, it's it's um uh, you know, I, I recently had some I won't I won't mention her name, but um someone I know, her mm -hmm. father. Uh, came up to me asking me, how can I qualify for mm -hmm. the Texas Medical yeah. Cannabis Program? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, I, the condition I think that's probably the most encompassing is probably PTSD, yeah. but mm -hmm. you, you should probably see your, your uh, physician about yeah, exactly. it or exactly. see a physician that's registered with the TCA program. Yeah. But so just to be clear, if I, were, if I were to say send him to you, mm -hmm. would you actually diagnose him or at least go through the process of trying to diagnose him with PTSD or do you really refer him out, as you said earlier, to a psychologist to diagnose him to where he came to you with diagnosis of PTSD. That's which kinda, which that's, one do you do? That's a little dicey, right? Because I'm not trying to play in these, in these rules just yet. Mm -hmm. um, by word of mouth, by speaking to people, I was, you know, I found out that I probably could diagnose it, but I'm a pain doctor. Yep. So my thing is, if you came to my office now, mm -hmm. I'm not going to diagnose you PTSD. Okay. So what, what, how can, you know, I don't have any word and telling you your PTSD. Now I can do it, I'm a physician, but I'd rather a psychiatrist do it. So I connect with a psychiatrist. 
they do telemedicine, 15 minute appointment with mm-hmm. them. If you have it, you get it. We're good to go. Right. And so, um, and then they come to you and say, Hey, my psychiatrist diagnosed well, I'll, me. Well, I'll get their is. note from a, I have the note and yeah. we'll be good to go. So a lot of docs don't feel, you might even be seeing your PCP now. Right. right. And they're treating you for depression, anxiety, but they're not going to give you PTSD. Right. Because they don't feel mm. comfortable doing either. So until, um, cause we don't have any straight rules for this yet. And so I don't feel comfortable doing it right now because I don't want to. I don't want to come back to me two years later saying I was doing something I was I shouldn't have been doing because you know what happens with um, medical medic the medical system will not get you when you're doing it they get you afterwards yeah and you're yeah. too good looking to go to jail <laughs> oh, so dude, we need dude, we, listen, we need to get some Ambien before he goes to jail we're not going to spring <laughs> yes, this any of that, no I wanted I wanted <laughs> to throw in one thing because I know it's it's you know this could we'll do yeah. Joe Rogan four hours at a time <laughs> producer over there but it kind of brings to the point you know love everything you're saying about the the psychologist like psychiatrist going through the proper chain of command but what I'm looking at is a patient and a, and a you know a guy that wants everybody to get healthy. That's just more cost. That's more time to the doctor for somebody mm-hmm. that's having like a mental health yeah, breakdown right yeah. now to finally get to Dr. Rogier and to be told you got to go do this. And that's mm-hmm. another doctor's appointment. It's more mm-hmm. insurance and you know, uh, the affordable care act insurance doesn't always cover all these things. So it's just add stuff adding up. So the point I'm trying to make, cause again, there's a cold war going on between the cannabinoid hemp industry and the medical cannabis industry in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk about it too much cause I got yeah. clients and friends on both sides of this thing, <laughs> but it's ultimately their, um, interests are going to overlap. I mean, I know a lot of hemp folks applying for the medical license. Right. I know, and they're all they're friends. And again, like I'm rooting for both of them. But when you look at, I mean, we could get in the car right now and drive to a CGMP uh, gummy hemp facility in Austin, mm-hmm. three and three hours away. We could go to one uh, in Dallas by the airport that's 45 minutes away. We could go to one in Oklahoma City that's another three and a half hours away. These people are making millions of gummies a month for way cheaper, uh, and they're just as safe. You know, you could arguably say safer than a vertically integrated program where you're responsible for testing your own stuff. Exactly. All the entrepreneurs I talk to, they don't, they're either good at growing, they're good at extracting, they're good at packaging. They're not good at all of these things. No, I mean, nobody, nobody really ever truly no one, is. Nobody's right. ever I mean, if you no think about it, cannabis is a supply chain driven, right. it's a supply chain driven right. industry, right? You have upstream, downstream, mm-hmm. midstream, mm-hmm. and everybody, everybody in between. No one is ever truly good at every yeah, single aspect. Exactly. The testing people are not even great at testing sometimes. Exactly. Right. They're getting their machines dialed in. And again, with potency problems allegedly in our program, mm-hmm. you know, the medical license. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then there's uh, potency allegedly out here with, I don't know who all's got a license, you know, around, but it's hard to dial it in. I'm not even faulting them. But it's like if this super expensive license that does all this due diligence, that takes forever, right. that's bleeding companies dry. And then you can go get a hundred dollar hemp manufacturing license and sell your products for significantly cheaper and with almost the same THC count. So the three words I look for is safe, affordable access, safe, affordable access. And so what I'm saying is, of course, I'm pushing patients to the doctor through the teacup program. because we have to get those numbers pushed up to show that this works. And but when you're saying you have counties decriminalizing, you have cities saying it's tolerated. And again, these licenses cost $100. And I've been to these facilities that are clean. They're mm-hmm. wearing hats. Exactly. They're wearing shoes. They mm-hmm. won't even let us go in I've there. Been there. You know, and, and, and so it's like, if I can certify, I got so mad when the AARP magazine was pushing this one CBD product in 2019. And I was with my grandma and they handed her the magazine. I looked up the COA didn't work. You Googled it. They had like, it wasn't an FDA warning letter, but it was close. It was like a hit out on this company saying, watch out for them. And they're marketing to all these senior right. citizens. Mm-hmm. Like I felt personally offended because if I can't even figure it out, mm-hmm. how's, how's an, an elderly lady? So what I'm saying is, you know, I'm not making argument for or against either one, but there are very good operational hemp companies that have CGMP compliant products that have a decent amount of right. THC that I know are safe. 
and that I know have been through the ringer and that I know are being third party tested. So it's like that's if you're if you're a patient in desperate need, it's easier to go buy it from a registered hemp retailer exactly. that you know has a clean supply chain. And that's the hardest thing to find. You're not going to find that in the convenience store, this and that. So if you know the brand and you can speak to them and like that's hard to do, but it's like, and I'll just kind of wrap. So I'm not trying to, trying to grandstand on it, but I think there's some hemp products in this state that are cleaner, healthier, better medicine, safe, more affordable and better, easy access without going to see the psychiatrist mm -hmm. without and a lot of people don't trust the government. People don't want, you know, they might have PST, PTSD, but they might not want that on their record. So that comes up a lot. People, yeah. so they don't want on the record. So they don't want a lot of things they don't want on their record, right? And so, granted, it goes to the, to this DPS website, right? Mm -hmm. Public safety. Mm -hmm. It's open. I mean, it's closed, but it's open, right? The I guns mean, thing. The, the if all of a sudden you're on a list, so you're on a list. I'm on like 20 lists already. List. I don't need to be on any. They more know list why you're right on the now. list. They know how much you're getting. They know when you're right. getting it. Right. Right. And so, I mean, a lot of us don't want to be on that thumb, right? We, there's enough with like you know Facebook and Instagram now in our business and Google, right? right? right. So I don't want to add anything else. Right. And so. It, that's a big access. And the safety part too, it's safety. My, my issue is people are buying this black market regardless. We need to make it safe. So we're, you know, we're all worried about you know, keeping our children safe. Mm -hmm. Well, why aren't we making it legal? Because your children are still going to go buy marijuana. Right. right. Just in the black stop. market. But at least, you know, but at least yeah. with a clean program or even open, right, that you know is tested. Because even now the law is that, if I'm correct, that these dispensaries don't, aren't required to do third-party testing. Correct. In Texas, they test their own. They test they their own. Yeah. What? Some it's, of them sometimes they'll do they a, do. A third party batches. Now they do yeah. do third party batches. Yeah. But there's no requirement. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying they're not trustworthy, but I'm gonna tell you what. We know how we know how some corporations are in America. I mean, we know we see in the water. We've seen these frozen strawberries just came out with E. coli. So I want someone to test outside. Well, the truth the is, company. when you do self testing, yeah. you're always going to be a little bit biased, yeah. right? <laughs> self bias on self self testing. <laughs> it's it's always going to be there. Right. Now, I think you can you can you know so, some people are better about it than right. others. But when you can actually say that I had a third party, independent third party mm -hmm. that doesn't have that um, integrated bias, right. I think it has a little bit more weight to it. Um, but going back to what you were saying about being in the system, mm -hmm. being a big yeah. brother, some people are very, very sensitive about that. And I, I've actually had a separate conversation. I'm for example, sensitive like, about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you're Listen, like, for example, I will not do Ancestry.com for a reason. Okay. Yeah, they're going to get no you DNA from You know, me, it's funny brother. because so my, my, my girlfriend won't do the biometrics yes. for clear. Yeah. I she won't, she won't, she won't register for, for uh, TSA. She's going right. to miss the flight, dude. You tell her, we'll see her. Oh, we'll see her. I'll see you in Dubai. That's a discussion for another <laughs> <laughs> but you know so so some people are very sensitive about this yeah. stuff like that to where mm -hmm. government has access to your records mm -hmm. i mean it's it's supposed to be confidential it but be. is it truly confidential it should be between so. me and my patient yeah it should yeah. be i mean no, do we do this anything else any other any other diseases in, in america like if you see me am i going to put your yeah. back pain on this list it was so weird you know, you know? <laughs> and i don't know about the hipaa or, or whatever but like the whole getting vaccinated thing was really quick are you vaccinated or not and i guess through like an alternative rule but it's like i thought these things were private right so it's like there's all of a sudden this movement to where you don't have privacy you don't have this Nothing's and the private. oklahoma guns thing i think at one point i don't know so don't quote me on it but it's like if you're a medical patient you weren't allowed to have guns to, momentarily or something mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. oklahoma it's not even like it's like you might live on a farm with you know, like dangerous animals, like this is self-defense stuff right. out here on a farm. Yeah. And so you're putting people in a really bad situation, you know, treat your pain, 
that you're dealing with exactly. or like lose the right to defend yourself, not even against other people, but against like these wild animals, you know, or whatever, or whatever, you know, or a, a, an you know, intruder, whatever. And, yeah. Or an intruder, which is actually what I'm talking about. Cause it's like, why would you want to be on this list? And again, all the points go back to, there's the Liberty market, which is still thriving, mm -hmm. you know, and we say uh Liberty market or legacy market instead of black market, whatnot. I think it sounds great saying Liberty. Cause I'm a limited. I'm a, I like Liberty. Market. I like Liberty market I, too. Yeah. And because I've, traditionally I've always said the legacy market. Legacy market. Yeah. I kind of like Liberty. Market. I like Liberty market. Yeah. I forgot why I heard that. I'm a limited government type of guy, but with this, we're putting in our bodies, the FDA, mm -hmm. least FDA letter. There's an idiot that got an FDA warning letter that says, Oh, this is the best marketing I've ever had. And uh, it's like, dude, I just want to slap you. And, uh, but it is the best SEO, FDA warning letters. Maybe you told me that, somebody told me that. It's like the top SEO. Yeah. If you get an FDA warning letter, you type your company, it's like in perpetuity at the top <laughs> of Google. Uh, but kind of the, the quick point I'm making, we're making these pros and cons versus the hemp-derived program and mm. the medical cannabis program. And again, I've got friends on both sides of this, and I want both to be successful. It's better for my business for both of these industries to be successful. You don't pick and choose here. But again, what are the pros here? You got to go yeah. to the doctor. You got to be on the list. You got to pay extra money. The insurance doesn't cover yeah. it. It's hard to drive yeah. to. Like, what right. is the good? Right. Because we can make it a lot easier, right? Because people always ask me, is there a card? I'm like, no. I mean, we're not that advanced yet. And I can make you a card, but it won't mean anything, right? Yeah. So I just do letters for people. Like, if you need a letter saying you're on the program, yeah. here's a letter nicely typed up, a little letterhead, you're good. I've had people even use it. So I had a patient use it in a different state. And it worked. And oh I was my like, gosh. I was like, it, there, I was like, um, I didn't write it for that. I mean, uh, but they, but but they actually acknowledged my letter in different. I'm not gonna say what stakes. I don't want people going there trying to get cannabis. It, but it worked. It's funny because people always ask me. So do you guys have a card program? In Texas? What's the I'm point like, yet? There's two I'm dispensaries. Like, what are you gonna, what, we gonna we don't into? have a card program. We, like, we don't really like, need a card yeah, program. Are you trying to like a loyalty yeah. program? Well, or well like, like a medical it, card. Like a medical no, like card. a medical. Like you go to other states, you yeah. have a medical marijuana card. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't have a card system here. I mean, if we have enough dispensaries, that'd be cool. If I could give you a card, you can walk in and pick what you want. But we have two licensees. It's two licenses. And it's 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 database and driven and they have they're required to you know have a system yeah. where they log into dps they look you up they look you up but we don't have a card system and so people always ask well, me that yes the it thumbs gets, on top of the it, thumb is right there it gets personal to me too when my mom it was 2013 some of the weed i was getting her that helped her it was visibly helping her she wasn't eating a lot she'd smoked mm -hmm. his weed and go eat like mm -hmm. you know chilies two for two or a big yeah. steak or something and she would noticeably feel better the day after she had a big meal or something and uh you know we had to be careful because some of her doctors said you know if we because some of the high in cancer medicine she was on they would test her piss mm -hmm. and uh you know urine you know, yeah with a urine, doctor and lawyer the urinalysis and the urine analysis okay <laughs> do a piss test pop hot and wouldn't be able to get her real medicine it's like and so it's like this risk you know mm -hmm. are you going to you know are we even trying to time out and the hair follicle mm -hmm. and it's like dude she already lost her hair and then there, there are people like we talk about it from you know kind of a nuanced position of yeah. what's new the tech how are we going to build businesses right. but there's literally patients that are literally dying that are scared and that have to get put through some rigorous program right. of, you know, oh, well, I have cancer. How's this going to affect this? Right. Bank accounts. I mean, I was going to say it earlier, Greenlight lost our bank account from Washington Federal because we got a, wow. um, it was like 2018. Mm -hmm. It was like, we got our first sponsorship and we said very clearly, we're just an events company. It was like total BS because then we had to go take a full three days to go to your new bank account. Yeah. It's like the problems that we're in, we're just trying to help people. Right. You know, we're literally just trying to, help. of course, we got to make a living and we got to spend our time useful. Like we got to build, yeah. build the program here. But uh, it's just, I don't see yeah. a lot of these benefits. So like, I'm trying to be nice right. saying, Hey, love the doctors, love the program, love mm -hmm. the teacup. But again, we're saying somebody hits me up immediately. I'd rather send you down to your local CBD store, especially if I know they sourced it from a good manufacturer. Right. That's why I kind of try to point to brands and I'll follow up with brands too. Like if I know a brand's buying from a good manufacturer, before I keep recommending them, I'll say, Hey, do you still buy from that manufacturer? Yeah. 
because we can't go build up a program and they switch. I mean, in Florida, there was dudes making Delta 8 from body shops, literally. And uh, Holly Bell talks about Terrible. it. She was in charge of the Florida Cannabis mm-hmm. Council or whatever. And she would bust Delta 8 people, literally body shops. There's car over here, you know, changing oil. And they're manufacturing Delta 8 over here. And so she went on a spree shutting down right. some of these manufacturers. Like, that's not what it's about. This is clean pharmaceutical-grade medicine. Right, exactly. And let's be real. If we don't get it together, Big Pharma is just going to swallow it because they're the ones that are qualified well, they're, to do they're, it. They're trying to now, right? They're already I'm, trying, they're to. trying to. Now. But when we have all these bad actors doing stuff in body shops, it's like it's hard to even justify you, it. And they say, oh, you mm-hmm. know, one of the lawmakers said, oh, well, regulate your own industry. I mean. Again, limited government type of guy, but you've got to have play by the rules, you know. I've, I've spoken with so many people about, you know, the different methodologies they're using yeah. on how they're producing this, mm-hmm. um, some of their products. It's it's amazing how creative people can get. Genius. Um, everything from spray-ons to using leftover mm-hmm. uh, products that they create other products with. I, I mean, that's a different discussion. Cannabis um, science is booming. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, so in the interest of time, I'm going to start transitioning to a different topic. Mm. Um, by the way, I, I meant to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about psychedelics? Just real quick. Well, I'm briefly, a, briefly, I'm on I'm it right now. No. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll take the, the doctor hat off real quick. Okay. Yeah. So oh, I've always you. been here. Right, take yeah. it. Put it on. Um, I've always been a supporter of plant medicine. Okay. So, but, but what is plant medicine? So, Pull back from psilocybin. This is called plant medicine, right? Okay. Before we had Western medicine, about 200 years ago, in our country, what were people, what were people doing? Roots, yeah. right? Co- cocaine, Co- I think, God, in the Civil that, War. We've had, We're gonna pull that one out. Okay. we've had plant medicine in other societies Thank for 5,000 so years. What happens? So what happens? The Western medicine comes in, they go, oh, we can't make money off this. So now mm. it's quack medicine, right? So now we're going to train all these doctors to talk about pharmaceuticals and not the plants because we can't make money off the plants. So it's a whole, it was a whole movement to push plant medicine out. All those people doing it were pushed away, call quack doctors, lost their lives. This happened like a hundred years ago. And so now we have this whole Western medicine guideline that looks at just pharmaceutical drugs. Well, they created the DEA to go after those folks too. Exactly. You know, to run them off, to make sure they were Psilocybin has been around for eons, okay? You've had ancient cultures using psilocybin for all kinds of things for many years. And they, they were using it for depression, anxiety, also for enlightenment too. And now the, the, the now we have actual scientific things coming out. Oh, psilocybin is great for anxiety, depression. Well, duh, They've yeah. been using this, you know? And so and so I love the research. I love how people now are in certain states who can actually grow their own mushrooms mm-hmm. and use them. There's so many good results from mental health and psilocybin that have been documented, okay? So many people do so well with psilocybin um, therapy. They do so well with therapy. You know, and yeah. uh, I think it was just earlier this week, Oregon actually issued its first um, psychedelics or psilocybin manufacturing mm-hmm, license mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. I believe it was a female-owned business. It was, it's the first of its kind right. anywhere. Um, Those polka dots hit. And yeah, people shouldn't be, you know, so like, you know it, I mean, and this is, goes for all psychedelics. People, you know, I know before people, you know, have got, it's gotten a bad rap, right? People were like, oh, L, you know, mushrooms, you might jump off a roof or LSD, blah, blah. But we, we found that psychedelics don't really cause any long-term, out of all the drugs, hmm. they're safe. Hmm. They don't, they, they've done like little functional MRIs on people on mushrooms and saw how their brains lit up and made, wow. made new, made brand new connections. They repaid it. That's what Paul's saying. Like said, you yeah. think differently. And so your brain opens up a little bit more. I think it allows you to kind of bring in more thoughts that wouldn't be there before. But what I'm saying is that physiologically though, we know it's safe. Okay. 
Well, you know, it, recently in the last year or so, I've, I've definitely had a boom in number of, of inquiries about mm -hmm. ketamine clinics. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. actually doing some work okay. uh, representing investors in ketamine clinics mm -hmm. uh, ventures. But I just think it's interesting how it, that shift is, uh, has, has gone that way. Right. Um, we have a couple minutes left. Okay. What's next for Texas Cannabis TV uh, and Greenlight? 30 seconds. Yeah, 30 seconds. Uh, you know, we've got the Texas Cannabis Roundup coming up most likely in August. Stay tuned for that. Greenlight's going to keep consulting. If you're having a cannabis event in the South, even contact me. We can, you know, consult you on venues, who to book, speakers, you know, giving giving some away of our manufactured credibility to help you throw a successful event. Uh, Texas Cannabis TV, if you're interested in, you know, running some ads with us or through our other PR program. Um, I'm also working with Weed and Whiskey TV on Roku. So it's, uh, you know, just any media. It's, it's I'm very accessible on text, Instagram, email, holler at your boy. I'm always done to talk to, to you once, yeah. you know, for a minute. <laughs> and then we'll get to it. But come out and see us. You know, 420 is right around the corner. we got some Earth Day events coming on. You know, I'm pretty active online. And uh, so holler at your boy. All right. All what, right. what about you, Dr. Ruggiero? Man, 30 so, seconds. Uh, what, what's up for with uh, ARC and Zen? Yeah, so, so my, my, ARC, my ARC Medical Cannabis Clinic, I'm, we're just trying to see as many people as possible. I want to take care of everybody in the state. So if you want to call, it's easy wet, wet website, www.arkmedtx.com. There's a book now button. Just book, book now. We also can book an appointment with us. I want to take care of everyone that's interested in this. And if you, and if you are, you, if you qualify, let's, let's, let's do it. Secondly, um, speaking out all through Dallas, talking to, uh, up here in North, North Texas, educating, getting the word out to doctors, to people, to, to just people at large to understand what we have at our fingertips to use and how Texas Compassionate Use Act can be used to help you get better in all kinds of di different ways. Now, I think the big thing too is that we need to educate more. And so working on some new things, talk, talking to people, the, the green healer movement is starting today. Um, so this is the first little movement here. I appreciate you having me on today. Thank you. So I'm going to be doing a lot more educating on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, just helping people understand the nuances of the program, mm -hmm. all about cannabis and how it can help you. And just let people understand like it's safe, um, how we, we can work with some access and also get involved in the movement here in Texas and moving this forward. Great. Yeah. Well, um, it's, uh, you know, because we're running out of time, thank you for both of you, to both of you thank for you. coming on the show. I think it's, you know, we could have gone another, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah, for sure. Run it back. More. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah, but, you know, um, really thank you both for coming on. Mm -hmm. And I certainly learned a lot and um, appreciate you coming on. Shout out All to right. the Sativa segment and Dads at Peace. Come on. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you very much.